So thank you so much, gentlemen, for coming uh, together today. I really appreciate it. Uh, I know both you, Patrick and Corley, are very, very busy. How are you doing today, Patrick? <laughs> doing great, thanks. <laughs> good. And, uh, <laughs> doing great, are, thanks. Good, good. And how are you, Corley? I'm doing good, thank you. <laughs> Good. Um, obviously, both of you are representatives of two of the leading organizations for Muay Thai in the States right now. Uh, why don't we start off with you, Corley? Uh, what, you know, you've obviously been involved in USMF for quite some time. What is your vision uh, of Muay Thai and what are you, what will you be doing to sort of enact that? My vision for Muay Thai is getting it uh, recognized at the highest level and then providing uh, opportunities for youth and adult where, you know, they don't have to go to different sports. They don't have to stay busy by doing this or that, that Muay Thai um, has enough opportunities across the country to uh, stay busy um, and continue in the sport, you know, from uh, along the way youth can hit patches where, you know, as a, a tiny kid, you might be able to get a lot of opportunities at scrimmages and stuff. And then as you get experience as a teenager, it starts getting difficult. Then, you know, at entry level adult, there's always, there's plenty of places to get, um, you know, entry level experience. But once you're an adult with experience, it, uh, a lot of experience, it becomes difficult. So I want to kind of patch up all these holes we have in, in Muay Thai and just always have, have something for all the athletes to do. And I think it takes, you know, getting the sport recognized at a high level so it can provide that. Yeah. So I just want to ask a couple of follow-up questions to that. Obviously, the USMF uh, and IFMA, its uh, parent organization, are pushing to the Olympics. Uh, would you say that is the highest level for the sport? And then also, what is the timeline looking like for uh, Muay Thai in the Olympics? Well, I don't know about the Olympics. It could be... It could be, a, you know, thrown in in the 2028, but I don't think so. Probably later on. But uh, I don't my thing is uh, getting recognized by the United States Olympic Committee. Um, there's a pathway for that that can help uh, unify, you know, the sport in the amateur realm. Um, as you all know, there's, you know, so many different factions of Muay Thai rules here, Muay Thai rules there and different states only allow this only state allows that. So the one good thing with uh, with me, my, my total goal is to get the USOC recognition. So first part of that is the RSO packet, which is a recognized sport organization. We're like right in the middle of that right now. Uh, at the end of the day, you wanna try and be an NGB, a national governing body. So you kind of oversee the amateur side of the of the sport. And, you know, some people might say that's a bad thing. Well, it's, it's a thing to try and uh, unify and with through the Ted Stevens Act, it can, um, you know, bypass uh, state athletic commissions that don't allow this, don't allow that. And we can have uh, a unified kind of amateur Muay Thai rule set across the country. Um, so that's kind of the thing. I, the Olympics for me, yeah, that, that's great. That's cool. But the United States Olympic Committee recognition and getting the NGB, Ted Stevens Act, all that stuff, that to me is my uh, more uh, attainable, closer goal. Mm. Um, so just let me repeat it because, uh, 
you know, there's a lot of different things going on. So uh, you have that you want USMF to be an NGB, which is a, uh, a national governing body. National governing body. So that would mean it would be able to say uh, be a governing body or commission, if you will, in uh, California and Hawaii and uh, Illinois and Jersey, and it would all be blanket rules, correct? Yeah, for the NGB. Right now, we're just right now in the RSO part, which is a recognized sport organization. That just is a, you know, it has its uh, things where it can over, you know, it, can, it doesn't get you into the Ted Stevens Act where you get like the blanket thing that you're talking about, but it does get you into a lot of states that are just, some states say you need to need to be an NGB, but a lot of states allow you to be a recognized sport uh, through the United States Olympic Committee. Uh, I can, okay, so I see. So in just in terms of steps, you go RSO, a recognized sports organization, then NGB, and uh, with the RSO, you can go into certain states like, say, New York, but maybe not California. But once you have the NGB status, you can go wherever you want. Yes. Okay, cool. Um, I get turning it over to you, Patrick. Uh, same sort of same question. Uh, what do you think is your vision of Muay Thai and what sort of concrete plans do you have to do that as well? You know, a lot of a lot of my goals, a lot of our goals aligns with uh, with Coralise and, and the USMF. It's just ethical growth uh, of, of the sport of Muay Thai, um, uh, safety for athletes, right? Uh, standardization of, of rule sets, um, creating an ascension, you know, uh, and a progression or a progression uh, uh, um, throughout the careers of of young Nakmui, right? Uh, into professional state, into, onto the professional stage. So I do believe, I do love what what the USMF and IFMA does with with the Olympic movement, with amateur rule Muay Thais, having it pro-am uh, and padded. I think that that is a phenomenal way to get experience. Uh, and, but at, at that, at a certain level, they'll also have a need, an additional platform of growth uh, on the professional side. And, you know, the professional side hasn't been really developed here in the United States uh, due to the fact that most athletes, it's very rare, you know, I mean, you know, now being with the WBC, we're trying to set up, you know, uh, title fights with the criteria and standards that we've set. And it's difficult to find athletes all across the country with more than 10 fights, right? And, and a lot of it's because of the, the haphazard way of putting, you know, Frankenstein way of people putting together different rules and different states and their interpretation of Muay Thai and in the way that they score it and the scoring criteria. And, and um, you know, uh, I, my vision for it aligns, you know, with Corley's in regards to, you know, being able to, 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 to provide something uh, that that's a, that's, that's going to develop athletes, you know, throughout, uh, throughout the career. Um, and, you obviously uh, mentioned the professional side. What sort of steps are you going to uh, create so that fighters can have careers in the sport? Are there immediate things that you will be doing, immediate and long-term plans? Yeah, you know, so so we're we're we're, we're getting sanctioning in, in different states, um, uh, at least for now, and on the amateur level. And one of the big problems that I see that you know, Corey and I have talked about in the past is 
you know, a lot of Americans, they, 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 they see what they see in, in Thailand, not realizing that in Thailand, you know, those guys have 200 fights, right? And, and so they think, oh, in Thailand, they're not wearing headgear. They're not wearing shin pads. And I know this is not a very popular opinion, um, but, uh, but, you know, having that creates longevity so you can fight more often. You know, if you think about an IFMA event, you know, somebody can get, if they're fighting two or three IFMA events throughout the year padded, they can get maybe 12 fights, you know, or 15 fights for the year. Whereas the average American will be lucky to get two or three fights per year. Some will get more, obviously, uh, uh, but, but most won't. So what we want to do is we want to be able to, to, to create a distinction between what amateur is and what pro is. Um, and if you, if you think about it now, the way things are, at least in California, you know, people can fight with elbows and no shin guards. Uh, uh, now, I do feel that they, they should be fighting with elbows padded uh, from the onset. You know, it shouldn't be modified or this or whatever. It should be should be padded. But it, it they, they have to have, a, again, a clear distinction on what amateur and pro is. If you look at boxing, amateur boxing versus pro boxing, it is really obvious what is amateur and what is pro. And to the uninitiated, if we're going to grow, the uninitiated has to know the difference between, you know, the, the, the two classes of, of the sport. Mm-hmm. And uh, Corley, do you feel, you obviously talked a little bit about how there's holes in career paths for athletes, uh, do you see the USMF developing, you know, or patching the hole that is a professional Muay Thai as well? And what sort of concrete things will USMF do about it? Um, so I, you know, we used to have, uh, we, we always say we need to get our guys experience to compete with the world. And we've seen our athletes compete with the world and hang, but it's not in the masses. It's not in the numbers that um, we need. We need experience and more people getting experience. So there's depth in professional uh, Muay Thai. It's very difficult for a promoter. Uh, I, I know I work with a lot of the pro promoters that I have pro fighters that get put on the shelf. Uh, a lot of people don't take fights. And really, you know, I was kind of compiling a list. There's not that many uh professional shows also in the in the U.S. and I believe with a lot of this big youth movement every a lot of different scrimmages uh, points whatever uh, point Muay Thai MDL USA challenge whatever they are I think these are the going to be the wave that help develop a bigger depth and pool for uh, promoters that you know promoters just cannot rush it we're gonna you know don't 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 try to bring in the guy from Thailand just yet don't bring you know let's work on our uh, local scene let's work on our uh, our pool of athletes and it it takes um, from the ground up so we're getting people they're getting experience now and hanging with the world but we need a lot more uh, in the professional realm Uh, I don't think any of us on this call can name uh, male you know 67 kg uh, a top 10 for professionals. I don't even know if we fill top 10. And that goes for almost every weight class in America, except I'd say women's 54, women's 57 kg, which we have like a, you know, a really good depth of that. But other than that, um, we don't have the depth of that. So I think it's got to go back to this new wave of youth, providing them with opportunities, showing them that, you know, if all these people doing all these uh, tournaments and doing these youth scrim 
damages, uh, um, you know, fall into amateur events. And then through those amateur events, maybe they go to, uh, you know, these world tournaments, go back to those amateur events. There's going to be, I think, more opportunities for the, for the pro level. Um, and we got to, you know, if it's me, I'm trying to talk to these promoters about not trying to go big too fast. I think that's been the problem with all uh, pro promotions in the, in the U.S. And, uh, you know, spending $10,000 $10, on a fight where we could be bringing in, you know, a lot of top USA talent to, you know, build each other up, I think would be a better option. But yeah, I think it all starts with the, that youth and um, getting everyone experience, getting, creating depth in all of the divisions that there is, you know, sustainability to have pro fights. You know, if there's only two people in your division and you're a, you know, 51 kg female, your only option is to go to Thailand, <laughs> you know? So I, that's the thing, you know, we don't, it used to be like that, but I think now as the sport's growing, we shouldn't have to have athletes go to Thailand as being your only option, you know, in some weight classes, it, it has to be right now, but, um, you know, that's the goal, I think. Mm. Um, so that makes sense. I feel like both of you, to some extent, are on the same page, uh, like you feel uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, maybe jumping the gun and developing the pro side is uh, is not as worthwhile, both short term and long term, as it is focusing on amateur level athletes and really growing their experience. Because in another maybe five years or so, all those amateur athletes will have you know 15, 20, you know 20 plus fights. So you have a larger pool of athletes that can be professional. Does that sound correct? Yep. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, so I guess the next thing is what are some of the things that you guys have planned? Uh, so Corley, what are some of the upcoming events for 2023? Um, so closing out this year, we got a couple more shows uh, were sanctioned. We just started um, sanctioning in New York. Uh, and we started sanctioning a prime Muay Thai show in uh, Indiana. Um, for 2023, we're going to run it back again, a uh, adult national qualifier. And then we're also going to have a youth national qualifier um, in the summertime. We also, so all those uh, right after the uh, adult qualifier in March, uh, in May is the uh, IFMA championships, the uh, 30 year anniversary, I believe. So all the athletes that qualify will go to that. Um, after that in June, there'll be a youth national, our first time doing a, a youth national. And I think, uh, you know, it's, I got real excited last year when we did, oh, I keep saying last year, but this this year when we did our, um, our qualifier, I thought that was a really great event and I can't wait to do the, the youth. I know there's a lot of, uh, you know, like I was talking about earlier, there's so many different um, ways for kids to get experience now. And I feel like we got to bring them all together. And uh, that's that's going to be something I'm looking forward to. And so the kids that win from that, they're going to go to uh, Turkey. So that's going to be the World Championships for Kids is going to be in Turkey this year. And then um, there's the World Combat Games, which is going to be in Saudi Arabia. That's actually like a, a fully funded event. So like anyone that qualifies is gonna be able to go to that uh, fully funded. 
the uh, two gold medalists from the World Games, uh, Aaron Ortiz and Charlesy Brenner, are already qualified. So we got two USA athletes going to be at that. And then uh, uh, anybody that wins, I believe, gold or silver might attain points to go to it at this next uh, IFMA World Championship. So we got that. We're going to be trying to sanction more. Uh, hopefully uh, by March um, of 2023, we'll have a, a RSO, Recognized Sport Organization, within the Olympic Committee and, you know, get more eyes and more, you know, big sponsorship eyes on Muay Thai. You know, a lot of people are like, what is Muay Thai? And, you know, a quick way to say like, oh, well, it's uh, here, look, it's a U.S. Olympic Committee, blah, blah, blah. You know, so that's got the rings and you could show all that. I think that's great for, uh, you know, new potential sponsors in the game. So, yeah, it's just going to be, you know, uh, you know, I, I, I we want to limit what we do with the, uh, the sanctioning of like fight nights. Mm -hmm. um, it's not, you know, we, we enjoy doing that. We want to make that more of like our, you know, WMC arm of, uh, of USMF, but, uh, I, I really like to do these, um, the tournament things because I've seen, you know, how much it's benefited, uh, past USA athletes, you know, now in one and glory. And now we got one in, uh, you know, look at Gaston Bellanos. He was in the, he's in the UFC, man. He signed to the UFC and he was a former, uh, USA IFMA athlete. So I did, I know the benefit of all these things that getting that experience at the tournaments and I don't, you know, that's what I, I feel is going to be our, uh, specialty next year. And, you know, everything goes well next year. I'd like to do more uh, regional uh, youth events, um, youth tournaments, uh, because I'm, I'm really kind of investing into this youth thing. Uh, a lot of these kids, they end up getting, you know, 10, 12, 15 of these scrimmages and they don't have a, a like a, you know, maybe only have two in-ring matches. So I feel like I want to, um, capitalize and get these guys more opportunities in the ring so yeah i know that was a long all over the place answer but yeah <laughs> yeah sounds like a very very busy 2023 uh for usmf uh for wbc muay thai what does uh your organization have planned for the year patrick uh so you know this year we we went you know, from basically nothing from the previous year to just a whole host of events uh, from, from, you know, uh, I mean, if you look at, you know, just, just, just alone in this, this year, we have uh, the North American title uh, with Paul Martin and Brett Lavacek in April. Uh, what we're doing is the WBC is, is uh, we're making it uh, mandatory that you have to defend the belt within six months. And what that does, did is it's created a, a lot of excitement. Um, uh, so when Paul Martin first uh, won that from Canada uh, in New York and Warriors Cup, uh, just three months later, he fought Elijah Clark uh, for the professional North American title. Um, and then now, uh, three months later in December, December uh, December 10th or December 17th, no, 16th, December 16th, uh, Elijah is going to be defending against Paul Benassiak. Um, so it creates excitement and it, it makes the, the, the belt and the title more legit. So we're going to be doing more of these in 2023, where we're creating opportunities with state championships, regional championships, uh, national championships and North American championships for A-class athletes. When I say A-class, just, you know, athletes with X amount of, of bouts 
um, uh, you know, for, for a class, we're looking at 15 bouts or more for state titles. We're looking at, at 10, um, because we realize that, that, uh, people again with, you know, 10 fights or more few and far between in the United States, unfortunately, uh, and our, our goal with that and, and with state championships are not belts. I think that the United States and, and, and has become really a belt hungry uh, uh, society and they've used this as a trinket. And even at the scrimmage level, you know, it's, it's pretty, to me, janky, right? So it doesn't really create longevity because people are thinking if I got one and I'm done. And so what we want to do is again, create this platform where there's this ascension where people can see this clear ascension. And that's why we we've, you know, differentiated nobody else in the world's doing this with WBC you know, uh, um, uh, um, headquarters, you know, with Colonel Tanapong and Kevin Noon has given this this opportunity to be creative on on how we can create uh, opportunities uh, to reach our goals. And and one of the things that we want to differentiate was the difference between an amateur uh, title belt versus a professional, which is the prestigious green and gold. And so what we want to do is we created a white face belt. And so even during this year, we created the first uh, uh, national amateur belt between uh, Amy Duke and Susan Wallace at 118 pounds, also fought in New York on Warriors Cup. And uh, now Amy's gone to the pro ranks. So that now, that, 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 that belt is now vacant. So we're looking to do, uh, to open that back up in 2023, an opportunity for that in 2023. Um, as we go into December 16th, we've got three uh, uh, WBC title fights uh, which is Elijah Clark defending it against Paul Benasiak, as I mentioned, for the North American title professional. We've got Johnny O'Neill versus, uh, and forgive me, I don't, I don't want to, the, the Juby, David Juby. Uh, anyways, I, I, I'm probably butchering his name. I don't have it in front of me, but uh, it's uh, uh, for a amateur national title. And then let's see, there is uh, uh, Dejuco versus Doe. Uh, for also an amateur national title and both these uh, all the belts these guys are are, are well into the criteria uh, that we've set forth so they have a tremendous amount of experience now to answer your question directly as I'm going to 2023 um, the, the the WBC is going to continue uh, to to get um, uh, uh, more promoters in various states so we got Fabiani Ioki former heavyweight uh, WBC heavyweight world champion uh, Fabiano Aoki, he was based in Phoenix, Arizona. He's now throwing shows. He's hosting one in December on December 10th. Uh, and he plans to do at least four WBC uh, shows with state, regional, and a couple of national titles uh, on his show. We are looking to do a couple of events in, at least two events in Honolulu, Hawaii, uh, with uh, Richard Delos Reyes, uh, with uh, the Kamehameha Cup, um, and uh, uh, the, the, the Hawaii Open. Um, or the Hawaii Invitational, excuse me. Uh, and then uh, um, in California, right now, we are looking to get delegation in the state of California so that we can have, uh, we, we can sanction in the state of California with WBC criteria, uh, scoring criteria, judging criteria, officiating. And, um, you know, again, we don't want necessarily everything. We just want to get, you know, a, a, a part of it so that we can be, be involved with it, have, having a direct say uh, within the sport of Muay Thai here in California. So Texas, uh, they're, they're looking to do a couple of shows in Texas, a couple of state titles, uh, maybe a couple of national titles in 2023. We're looking to do the America Games, uh, which is for the youth. 
um, that's supposed to be for North, Central, and South America. My thought is, is to open it up and make it uh, international, but well, far beyond just the Americas, you know, hosted it here, but, uh, but open it up to, to, to youth off from all over the world. Um, Venice, Italy for the adult amateur, the first adult amateur WBC Muay Thai World Championships uh, hosted by Max Baggio. And uh, in the very near future, February 2nd through, or sorry, February 4th through the 6th in Hua Hin, uh, Thailand is the Muay Thai Festival, which will host one uh, WBC Muay Thai World Championships men, one WBC Muay Thai World Championships women, uh, one prestige belt, Nak Muay, I'm uh, sorry, the Nike and Om Tom belt, and then the release of the uh, uh, the Nak Muay Ying uh, prestige belt for women as well. So a lot going on. <laughs> yeah, a lot going on for both organizations. Obviously, there is a larger body behind WBC Muay Thai, the same with IFMA and USMF. How do you feel the policies of the larger organization impact, you know, the regional national body? Patrick. You know, so so with the WBC, um, because it wasn't very organized here in the United States, uh, and, 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 and let me let me repeat your question. So let me see if I understand understand your question. How does the 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 international governing body of WBC Muay Thai impact the decisions that we make here nationally? Correct. So we just need what, what we again again we kind of have a blank canvas just because of the way things have been run in the past. What's important to WBC Muay Thai is that we uphold the standard, that we make sure that the, the uh, that we live up to the brand's uh, prestige by ensuring quality matches and again safety for athletes. So that really is is the directive of WBC Muay Thai International. And so so long as we um, are true to that, then then we we can be very creative in what we do here in the United States. And Corley, uh, do you feel like the policies of the larger IFMA organization impact USMF? And if so, how do they? Uh, I mean, it's, yeah, it's a, you know, I, I feel like it's like a, as a coach or an instructor, or whatever, you always want to have like your, someone overseeing things and uh, checks and balances, you know, it's, uh, it's kind of like a blueprint for us to follow to make sure that, you know, we're having uh, gender equality at events, we're following proper, you know, um, weight check, you know, things, you know, we're not making, we're not adjusting, you know, weight weigh-in times, or we're doing this, we're doing that, like we're not, we're following uh, the same standards. So like we did our qualifier in uh, Colorado, we're not just gonna make up our own way of it. So we're kind of following the international way. and. I want to try and, you know, from even from our new way that we're doing our youth events, we're trying to uh, teach the uh, athletes, coaches, and officials, you know, how ring procedure is done basically universally, uh, you know, how to enter the ring, how when to put on the mon call, when to take off the mon call, when to do the white crew, when to come to the center of the ring. So all these things are kind of like the international standard that I think, you know, from we learned from the World Games qualifier a lot of coaches don't know even how to enter a ring some coaches didn't even have a on call so um i know that it's kind of uh, having those kind of things like those international standards those help us you know 
teach and educate here in the USA. As far as like uh, anything else, like, you know, politics, all that stuff. No, I don't. <laughs> we just do, you know, good ethical stuff. And, you know, that's, that's it. Great. Um, go ahead. Can I, can I add to that weight thing? So I think that that's exactly. So, I mean, internationally, they're, they're you know, uh, um, you know, the, 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 at least the WBC and, and I know the WMC as well, they, 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 there are certain standards in terms of like uh, uh, the weight. So like, for example, what we're, what we have going on in New York, uh, the athletes have to submit a 30 day a video of a 30 day weigh in, right. Of, uh, so it can't be more than 10%. Uh, and then 14 day, they got to submit a video with their 14% weight and then three days out, or I'm sorry, uh, seven days out you know, what, what their, what their weight is as well. So that helps prevent these dramatic weight cuts. You see guys dropping 40 pounds, you know, and, uh, uh, for, for, you know, within a six week period, which we all know is extremely dangerous. So we want to make sure that again, that, that there's a certain safety standard, uh, that we follow by, by, a, by, by WBC Muay Thai, our parent organization. Awesome. USMF and WBC are the biggest organizations in Muay Thai right now. Do you, uh, Corley, uh, feel that they're competitors? And if so, uh, do you think that hinders or helps facilitate the growth of the sport? Uh, no, I think uh, everything, every event that you do in Muay Thai is good, you know, experience, as long as it's, you know, done with safety and, you know, the, the thing about is uh, any Muay Thai event, no matter what uh, WB, whatever, W or anything, is you just got to look at uh, what your goals are in the sport and where is that event going to take me. So, mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot of different acronyms in the USA that can take you to, you know, different paths. It can take you to uh, winning a belt at a national thing it has some that can take you to a, a world championship of maybe b or c level international level and there's some that it just all depends on what your goals are some people don't enjoy the tournaments um but it's a fast way to get you experience against you know the world's best um there's it just depends i think uh whatever the athlete is looking to do in the sport um you just got to, you know, look at, see where that is going to take me. Um, some people just want to do a, a one-off, you know, uh, some people want to grow within the sport. Um, so, no, I think there's different paths. I think the, the people know through the athletes that we've put in through uh, IFMA that have had great success, you know, Janet, Asa, Eddie Abasalo, man, I was happy to see him come to one of our tournaments, you know, and uh, he's going to be fighting a really tough fight here. Is that tomorrow? Yeah. yeah it's tomorrow in about 24 hours. You got like Troy, Selena, Becca's, you know, the Nicole's, they've all gotten a lot of great experience through these um, IFMA tournaments. So um, I don't think there's a tournament like the IFMA tournament. And so that's kind of where we, we specialize in is getting people experience in that. Other organizations have, you know, specialties in doing just uh, pro style. Some organizations have uh, all different options. It just depends on what your, your goals are in the sport. So if there's um, 
you know, more organizations in the USA, that's good. It just needs to be that we all know where it takes us. You know, we all want to have a good, uh, an end goal for the athletes. Um, you know, we don't want to keep them that they can't compete. So uh, the more, the better in the USA, as long as we're doing it all under a, uh, you know, safe and ethical manner. And then um, there's a whole less, a list of things also I would add to that, you know, like, you know, proper officiating, you know, proper, yeah, you know. So mm -hmm. as long as there's, uh, you know, there, there's like a, a, a high school hallway, you know, there's like people in there saying, oh, I was like, did you hear what they said? No, no, no. Look, man, <laughs> at the end of the day, we are putting on events that are getting youth and adult experience. Right now, we are specializing in uh, trying to provide A-level amateur youth and pro-am uh, adults opportunities to compete in the IFMA World Championships, IFMA uh, Pan American Championships, all these different things. And through those experiences, we can, you know, try to get them into, you know, these things open up doors for them to fight in WMC titles, professional titles. These things open up doors to fight on, you know, the Challenger reality show, uh, just a lot of different things. So that's, and and if every, if, if, if there's not, we don't have enough opportunities in the USA for us to fill the void for everybody. So as long as there's other organizations doing good events in the USA that, you know, filter into maybe someone wanting to do the IFMA World Championships or a qualifier or wanting to be on a reality show, then that's good. That's, uh, but we, we don't have, a, um, like I was saying, the high school hallway thing where we're saying, don't do this. Oh, did you hear what they said about you? No, man, we're just doing events. We're staying too busy. Uh, others I know are staying too busy to be dealing with all that and most of us are professional enough that we keep we keep in conversation and all that other stuff that's out there uh, it's just like I said it's like high school hallway <laughs> <laughs> we're all everything is good that's good to hear uh, I guess uh, Patrick uh, do you feel the same and or uh, disagree with that do you feel like USMF and are and WBC our competition. How do you feel about that? I've, I've never felt it was competition. I didn't think it was a conflict of interest. I mean, you know, when when I was with the USMF and and taking on this role that, uh, with the WBC, it, personally, I didn't see that as uh, because I don't see them as competing entities. I think that they complement each other. You know, I know that uh, Corley had, had mentioned that maybe more is better. I I don't believe that. I I believe that better is better. A hundred percent. I don't think more. Well, yes, of course. <laughs> yeah. You know, because people are now making up their own stuff and it goes to what you were saying in terms of like standardization of good officiating. And, and uh, you know, there's a lot of people out there that are, that are obviously a money grabs and, and they're doing it for, for, for don't, don't get me wrong. We're I'm a capitalist. Right. So, so I believe that you should make fair profit and good profit, right. Uh, uh, in, in your business. And, and that's one of the problems that the, that 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 contribute to the lack of growth of professional Muay Thai is because of the fact that most promoters are a lot of, like a lot of gym owners, right? Is that they, they they mean well, but they don't understand that it is a business, and and as such, they 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 set these lofty goals and they try to set them too fast as opposed to building it over time, and and uh, and so 
if it is perceived as being competition, then I think it's actually good because again, we're all involved in the sport because of competition. I don't feel that it's competition. I feel that it, it, it complements each other, but, but what it does, you know, some people are obviously, you know, are going to factionalize it and they're going to say, you know what, uh, let's do this, let's do this. And what that in turn does is make everybody better because it pushes everybody to the next level. Okay. Well, they're doing this. Well, let's do this. Then let's do this. And it's then the, those that are janky, the ones that are obviously money grabbing motherfuckers, right. Are, are, are going to be exposed right at the end of the damn day, at the end of the damn day. And you can see it. It's going to be obvious because the quality is going to speak for itself. Right. So again, to me, and, and, and I know what Corley meant by it, you know, better is better and to have more organizations that understand the sport, not more organizations, but more understand that more organizations that understand the sport and want it to grow in the right way. And again, that's subjective, obviously, what is the right way? But uh, I mean, that's that's the that's the reason for this particular podcast is to hear what our particular goals are for each organization. So, no, I don't feel it's competition, but I do feel that it, it allows us to push each up, push each other so that we all get better and the sport gets better. Awesome. Um, so if uh, the different sanctioning bodies or WBC and USMF are not. Uh, necessarily competitors that means like athletes can say fight for WBC and then like the next month they would be able to fight for uh, USMF or in the IFMA games correct if I, I'm sorry if someone was a, a, a title holder and something they could fight in something else is what you're no, saying no like an athlete that fought in a WBC event then they would be able to fight in an IFMA event after. Yeah, why not? <laughs> okay, that's great. And uh, I mean, I, I mean, they, I hope that was a good WBC title fight. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. I mean, we want, uh, you know, one of the things we're doing next year is uh, we're uh, we're in the process of is trying to change the name of uh, USMF to just USA Muay Thai. And we're trying to get away from the acronym of uh, USMF. Uh, it's got years of stuff. You know, when I came in in 2016, it had some bad stuff, you know, same as the WBC is like when the, when the people came in, we had to kind of restart and cleanse whatever the thought was of previous uh, leadership. And uh, I want USA Muay Thai to just be USA Muay Thai, like everybody wants to be on the USA team. Everybody wants to be on the that you know, USA national team that hopefully, you know, next year could be a recognized through the United States Olympic Committee. So I don't want to be in all of that uh, politics. I want to get away from even the, the past of that stuff. I just want to be USA Muay Thai. And I want to see everyone, you know, cheering on the athletes, you know, for instance, at the World Games that we had in Alabama, we had you know, was it eight out of the 12 athletes medal and we had a packed stadium, but I didn't see much on like the social medias. I think we got to, you know, like get behind that. Like that was an amazing experience for the athletes. I want to get out of the whole USMF, this poli politics stuff and just be USA Muay Thai. And that's kind of the goal uh, for next year. And uh, Patrick, vice versa, uh, would a USA Muay Thai athlete then be able to fight for WBC? 
Absolutely. I mean, and, and, and Corley and I had a conversation just the last couple of days, a couple of days ago, you know, regarding that, because, you know, everyone's trying to push me to do tournaments for the WBC or push us to do tournaments. I'm not interested in that. I think that uh, TBA does a phenomenal job. USMTO does a good job. WKA on the East Coast does, does a job and does a good job. And, and uh, uh, USA Muay Thai is going to be doing great jobs on that. But, you know, we, I want to be able to use that to say, okay, look, these guys are, are, and that was kind of my whole vision for, for years. It's just like, here, this creates regional, you know, champions. And those are the people we can identify to invite for title fights. Right. Um, so, so yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That, that's the whole, the, the whole thought process behind it. Awesome. Uh, so just one or two more questions, obviously, since, uh, you're not necessarily conflicting and athletes will be able to compete for the different organizations. Do you have like competitions scheduled out? And then, you know, I know Corley has a few dates and WBC has a few dates. Are you looking to coordinate your dates with uh, other organizations in the States? Or do you feel like, you know, we like you have to just do it when you're available to do it? Do you want me to take that? Yeah, you can take it first. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, we set out our dates, I think, a few months ago for the whole 2023, uh, 20, uh, for the tournament schedule, that is. <clears throat> um, last year, we did March. It's a good time for the adults because the adult championships are usually just before uh, the summertime. Um, sometimes they're in the summer. Uh, our youth... Uh, I know some people felt that we were uh, invading or uh, overstepping or doing something that was conflicting with uh, other tournaments that are in the summer. And I simply don't agree with that. You know, those tournaments serve a different uh, person. They serve um, primarily adult, uh, senior adult, C-level, B-level, uh class and i think like he said earlier they're uh, the, like the tba for instance a very well-run tournament but uh there's a whole in all of the tournaments in america do not have depth in the a class youth uh male and female i mean i'm looking at 2022 there was 13 athletes 11 boys two girls uh 2021 16 boys one girl i don't feel i don't feel that we're invading anyone that you know like that now if i was to go and throw a uh you know uh, an open tournament for c class b class over on the east coast the weekend of this tournament or you know around that time yeah i think that would not be cool you know for it's not that we're not at that point in the sport yet um but no i don't think that us doing it we're, we're right now we're only doing a class uh tournaments and there's never been done like what we did in uh march of last year to the pro-am so we're doing a pro-am in march for the adults and then the youth is just a class youth mm -hmm. and that that group hasn't been served um so i don't i don't believe that we're conflicting with any tournament that's in the summer and i know there's a lot of tournaments in the summer every acronym does a tournament in the summer mm -hmm. so i don't think that that's a we're conflicting with anyone i, I think it's actually a you know that all these things can filter into those a-class tournaments we're not 
uh, in the position right now to do C and B class tournaments. And I think all the tournaments that Patrick said earlier all do that very well. You know, that's why they're still around, you know, so uh, we're not jumping into those, those waters. So I don't think that we're conflicting. We're putting those dates out and uh, we put them out early just so, you know, everyone can see. And yeah, I, I, I hope that I know a lot of people got upset with, us, I think they maybe thought that we were doing an adult tournament two or three weeks before the the, the TBA or something like that. And no, it's not the case. Uh, I've always been a reasonable person. My <laughs> phone number is posted. It's the same number as the Heritage Muay Thai number. It's the same number as I post out there. So I'm always accessible. And no, we're not out there trying to uh, conflict with, you know, tournaments. So we're just trying to provide that, that, a-level thing that's not being served in, in USA Muay Thai, uh, and, and that's it. I don't think that's a, a bad thing. I don't think, um, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much yeah. it. I went, yeah. Good. Uh, and Patrick, uh, you know, in the same regard, does, is the WBC going to try and schedule things ahead of time, or what is sort of your feeling about that same situation? Yeah, you know, uh, I, again, we're not. There are a couple of events that we are scheduling ahead of uh, uh, ahead of time. The WBC Muay Thai Youth Summer Camp Experience, you know, that we did this year. It's, it's going to be an annual thing. Um, that doesn't conflict with anybody because that opens it up to uh, it's it's kids, just all kids, and it's not a competition. It's a summer camp, basically. Um, so, and then the other one is the America Games, which uh, is only going to be done every other year so it's going to be done every once every two years um but other than that everything is going to be essentially title fights and it's going to be everything else is going to be done internationally so title fights are based on promote from promoters right so whatever local promoters <clears throat> uh decide to host an event you know uh that they, they just give us uh um you know 60 60 day notice that they are going to be hosting this event um, but no, that I, you know, again, local shows doesn't conflict with anybody else's except for other local shows, right? And and even then, those those athletes have to 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 to, to qualify based on certain criteria, so it's not pulling away from another event. Awesome, that's definitely good news. I feel. Um, I know both of you are very busy and have a lot going on. Uh, I just wanted to open it up and see if there was anything that uh, you, Patrick, want to talk about that you didn't get a chance to talk about. And then I'll have the same question for Corley. No, I, I just, there's a lot of, lot of opportunity everywhere right now. And it's pretty darn exciting. You know, I mean, five years ago, six years ago, that wasn't the case. You know, I know that, uh, you know, uh, uh, the, the, the mid- I don't know, maybe around 2015, 2016. I know even just within tournaments, you know, I mean, just based on the question you just asked, uh, a lot of people were, uh, uh, a lot of promoters, a lot of tournament promoters, everyone was kind of quibbling because they, they had a, a finite amount of athletes to choose from, right? But now with this explosive growth of Muay Thai, there's opportunities for everybody, right? And that's the beauty of it is, that's the beauty of it is that there's just, you know, tremendous growth. And it's just now being able to, to make sure that leadership within the community is able to, to, to harness that growth and funnel it toward the direction that takes us all the way to the top and allows us to fight at, again, uh, international levels or the highest levels um, 
through standardization of, of the sport here in the United States. So it, it's exciting times. There are, there are very, very excited times. One of the things I do want to point out before I, I, I hand this, this over to, to Corley um, is I know, and, and again, this is probably maybe not, not necessarily the, the forum to have this discussion on, uh, but I do, you know, I, I know that, that, that uh, a lot of tournaments uh, uh, are counting every experience as experience within their classes. And in the past, that might have necessarily been so. Um, but for a, 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 a like an MDL, I, I, I feel that that's kind of ridiculous because there's no winner, no loser. Now, in other organizations, they, they have a winner and loser, which to me is kind of ridiculous because that's not really developmental. So in, in, in regards to that, and when they start counting that in these tournaments, it's going to preclude people that are doing MDLs because I'm not going to send my guys. I know if, if I, I've got a guy that's doing 10 real MDLs based on the algorithm that we set forth and, and they put them in an A class, I'm just not going to fucking do it. There's a lot more local shows, fortunately. And that's what the WBC is doing. We are partnering with, with WBC uh, Muay Thai USA is partnering with local promoters on how to run a business so they can help you make money. And that's, then such, we don't have to spend $5,000 to fly out to, you know, nowhere, right? And, and we can still, steep, still keep it with them. But I think that if they continue to do that, it's, no, don't get me wrong. It's because there's opportunity everywhere, it's not going to diminish. People are still going to, you know, look to get, you know, their one-off belts or whatever, right? But, but I do think that that can be a detriment from really creating you know, really high quality Muay Thai in tournaments, if they, if they, if they, if they, if they count those, at least MDL, the way that we do it, and I know no one's doing it the way that, that we're doing it, period, just not, right, uh, they're just not, you know, I think that it's very complimentary that people are, are going to, to copy it, all right, or at least try to, to follow it, because it, it does state, it create safety standards, right, but, but at the end of the day, if the tournaments do do that, Again, it's going to prevent a lot of people that have high, high quality athletes from participating in their show. So that's my two cents. And you guys know how vocal I can be. But but at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I, I, I feel that it's really, really exciting, the growth trajectory that we're at. And it's important that, to have, you know, not everybody competing for an ounce of, of power here, an ounce of power here. That's stupid, right? It, 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 we all have the same goals. We just have to make sure that we we manage it very, very well, right? Manage manage this growth very, very well. And sky's the limit. Awesome. Definitely good things to hear. And Corley, do you have anything that you wanted to talk about that we didn't get a chance to highlight? Uh, <clears throat> well, this year has been, I keep saying last year for 2022, it's been like a, such a long year. Uh, I'm just, uh, I'm happy with the, how things came out this year. It was a lot of new undertakings with the Pro-Am qualifier. Um, and then seeing it at the Abu Dhabi at the World Championships afterwards, and then the uh, World Games here in America after that. <clears throat> uh, you know, then the, they just uh, wrapped up the, the Challenger um, series. It's just been a, a pretty cool year for uh, these athletes uh there's you know at the at the world games they wanted to showcase six men six women weight classes at the the challenger show this year they wanted to do uh men and women and share the same fight purse um so i thought it was really cool and a good symbol of like you know equality and the sport growing that now there's 
a depth in the women's. And I even think in America that our, our women's depth is much deeper than our uh, men's uh, depth as far as talent and amount of you know talented athletes. Um, the the youth for twenty twenty three. Yeah, I think it's a uh, it's it's difficult as uh, the growth. There's so many uh, scrimmages. There's so many things and this one's doing no head contact this one's doing head contact people are getting knocked out at this people it's it's uh it's something to look into and for the safety of the kids i really hope that some people come together and we can start unifying something you know unifying is very difficult that's why you know we're trying to do it through the usoc you know in 2018 we had a lot of sanctioning bodies and a lot of people come together and you know, to, to unify somebody usually has to give up something to gain something. And a lot of sanctioning bodies don't want to give up this part of our, what we do. Oh, we, we will follow it all this, but except for that. And then it creates a little, you know, where everybody doesn't want to unify. But uh, I think as Patrick was saying, the youth thing, it's very difficult now because of the states. Some like, for instance, my state not allowing uh, youth Muay Thai. I know, um, in, in other states, in Illinois, they don't allow uh, youth-sanctioned Muay Thai, and uh, in different states, they even if you're, you know, 55, so you you can't fight under these certain rule sets, and so it's really difficult for our kids. And so, you know, when people say, uh, you know, USMF is trying to, you know, get this power thing, no, it's we're trying to get uh, a unified thing, just like USA Boxing for the amateur side for these youth, so that you know, they don't have to be doing stuff on the, on the mats all the time that one day, maybe next year, you know, maybe uh, in a couple of years that there's Muay Thai is done in a ring and these scrimmages can be done in a ring, learn more about the uh, ring procedure, the mong call, sealing the ring, the culture of Muay Thai, uh, I think, which gets lost in the mat stuff as well. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to say that these math things are all wrong. I just believe that it loses a little bit of the, the, the culture and touch of Muay Thai without the, without the ring. So, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, as you can see, this is a, a passionate thing for uh, the both of us about this youth stuff. And uh, it's just got to be done correctly. And that's kind of my goal uh, more so with the USOC recognition is to try and make it that, you know, hey, kids under, you know, 11 years old should not be hitting each other in the head or throwing head kicks at a, at a scrimmage uh, or anything like that. You know, I want to just standardize and make the youth Muay Thai more safe. Um, and look at that, man, I'm sitting here talking about challenger reality show and I'm then I'm back on this kids thing. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah. That's, that, that was kind of, that's it. I want to, uh, you know, some of the, stuff that we got with the RSO has been, you know, some challenging stuff with the Olympic committee and, you know, we're just, we're working hard to try and get to that. So that's the goal, you know, we want to create something that when we say, when I say unified, it's not uh, like a, we're not trying to say our way or the highway, it's just some standard processes in place for, you know, cause there's nothing that stops uh, Matt Lucas from flying into Houston, driving over to Arkansas and putting on a youth event. <laughs> <laughs> and having some people swinging, you know, so. Well, um, just to wrap things up, I want to thank both of you guys for what you've done um, and what you are doing for the sport. Definitely appreciate it. And I really appreciate 
both of you taking some time out to clarify what's going on with uh, WBC Muay Thai and uh, USMF slash USA Muay Thai. Um, the future is- can I, can I add something real quick? Yes. Yeah, I think there's some stuff out there in the, in the, um, in the, in the, in the thing of USA Muay Thai where people uh, feel that, hey, they said this and hey, they said that. And at the end of the day, this is the fight business and this is a fight promotions, right? And if a, if a promoter is not promoting themselves or a business is not promoting themselves, then they're not going to be uh, in business, right? If I'm, I'm Heritage Muay Thai in Houston, Texas, we're the third best Muay Thai gym in Houston. No, I'm gonna, hey, we're the best Muay Thai gym in Houston. And it's like, you know, if someone said, hey, our belt is the most prestigious, our belt is the most best. Well, what do you expect them to say? You don't say, well, we're the third best belt in, in the US or our tournament is, is working to be good. People need to promote themselves. So don't be offended if a promotion says, hey, we're doing this title fight. It's amazing. It's great. Hey, our tournament is doing this. It's just people. This is the fight business, mm -hmm. you know? Like let's let's you know let the people promote and as Pat said, uh, if it's janky, it's not going to make it. You know, it, it let the the public will decide. You know, if that's a real title or if that's a real tournament. You know, so everybody just needs to stop being offended over you know these these things that are nothing. It's a it's a prom it's called promoter promoting the business. So stop getting upset with all that and take your athletes to get experienced, take your athletes to fight, and let's raise the sport, man. All right. Well, that is some excellent cl closing words uh, there, Corley. Uh, again, I just appreciate you guys uh, taking your time out and everything that you do for the sport. Definitely 2023 is going to be an amazing year for the sport uh, through the work that you guys have put down and looking forward to the growth of the sport. Um, so thank you. Thank you, Matt. Thanks for all you do, too. Thank you.